It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. I understand that no matter what I say will be misconstrued and misconstrued intentionally. Misconstrued intentionally by the hard left and by the isolationist right. I'm not of the left and I'm not of the right. I'm a constitutional conservative. I've never believed in this, this stuff where conservatives are of the right. You and I, we're not fascists. We're not totalitarians. We believe in liberty. And I began my political activism with Ronald Reagan in 1976. Really pre-Reagan, but that's where I really bit into the politics and philosophy and so forth. In the 1920s, give or take, the Republican Party had a conservative element may have been actually the majority of the party, which was isolationist. So was part of the Democrat Party. So as Germany and Italy and Japan were building up their war machines, the United States was not prepared to engage. Not that we wanted to engage, but we weren't prepared. And this has happened on more than one occasion. Same thing happened in the 1950s. In many respects. You had a wing of the conservative movement that was isolationist. And uh, people point to Dwight Eisenhower talking about the military industrial complex... In other words, he didn't believe we should build up for wartime like we did in World War II in the 1950s, but he did believe we better have the strongest military on the face of the earth. We have this same fusion, really, of the hard left and some of this isolationist right that you and I are dealing with. They've tried to project their, their beliefs onto Donald Trump, but Donald Trump was never an isolationist. Never. He built up the United States military beyond anything the Democrats had done before him. Beyond anything that had been done since Ronald Reagan, quite frankly. And when he needed to draw a line, he drew a line. Even with Syria. Even with Afghanistan. But he drew lines with Russia and China, and he meant it. And they either respected him or feared him. And that's the nature of foreign policy when you're dealing with such vile enemies. We also have an element within the conservative movement and on Capitol Hill that is what I call these Russiaphobes. They really don't have any problem with Putin. They don't think Russia is a threat. They embrace sort of these extremists who tell them what they want to hear. And so, just like the Bernie Sanders and others in the Democrat Party, in an odd way, they become the blame America first mouthpieces within the conservative movement and the Republican Party. They're all out there, you hear them. Now, on top of that, we do have a president who is incapable of being a commander-in-chief, as he is incapable of doing most things required of a competent president. Not even a great president, just a competent president. What he did with the oil pipeline in Russia, what he did in Afghanistan, what he's doing now with Iran, and we can go down the list beyond that, the way he treats our allies with contempt, has clearly been analyzed and digested by our enemies. Our allies too, but I'm talking now about China and Russia among others. And has resulted in provocation. 
his weakness, his incompetence, his mental deterioration, his poor judgment even before that, our enemies see an opportunity. And I told you in this election they were going to root for Joe Biden. That the Russia collusion argument never made any sense when Trump was taking on Hillary since Hillary had already sold out to the Russians. It's important in my view, you my audience, that you have your eyes wide open about what's taking place. Wide open. Putin rejects the victory the United States had in the Cold War. He rejects it. Putin came to power by killing people, threatening people, and by cutting deals with people. He was a second-tier KGB agent. Not even a first-tier. But he was very bold. And he effectively led a coup. Because he promised not to prosecute those who did lead the second Russian revolution out from communism and into the United States camp. Putin is working with the communist Chinese, Xi, very, very closely. Strategically and militarily. And I want to get into what I think is going on in a minute. I've been talking behind this microphone about our failure to build up our military under this president. That they have flatlined the the budget for the military for all intents and purposes. And this critical race theory and what else they're doing is undermining the readiness of the United States military and military personnel. There's a report out that we have a huge problem now attracting pilots into our Air Force. We're not meeting our numbers in the Army and the Marines. Because nobody wants to volunteer to put aside other opportunities if their country doesn't respect them. If their country doesn't respect them. The communist Chinese, the Russians, the North Koreans, the Iranians, they see what's going on at the White House. They also see what's going on at Congress where the entire Democrat focus is trying to destroy a former president. A former president. A former president that they respected and feared. That's the entire Democrat Party focus and the fundamental transformation of America from a free country to an unfree country. This threat from Russia against Ukraine is real. I told you in 1994, Ukraine agreed, Ukraine agreed to give up its nuclear weapons that had been in place in, uh, in Ukraine, because it was part of the Soviet Union earlier. In exchange for Britain, the United States, and Russia, not only acknowledging, but providing actual security, including military security, to Ukraine's sovereignty. This was a memorandum that was signed by all four countries. You've not heard about it anywhere but here. Anywhere. And just like communist China violating its agreement with Britain and Hong Kong. Putin is doing the same thing with Ukraine. The same exact thing. Russia is poised to attack Ukraine. 125,000 battle-ready troops. They tried to internally overthrow the Ukrainian government. They already have their militia in the eastern part of Ukraine battling, and their guerrillas battling the Ukrainian uh, government. The Ukrainian president has been an ally of the United States. He's been really a reformer, 
And people say, why is this any of our business? I don't know. Was Austria any of our business? No. Was the so-called Czech Republic any of our business? Czechoslovenia? No. How about Poland? When that was invaded, was that any of our business? No. How about when Britain went to war with, with Germany? Was that any of our business? No. The isolations in America said that's their problem. That's Europe. It doesn't affect us. Do you think that Vladimir Putin now has built hypersonic missiles? Has a military presence in Antarctica? Has brand spanking new nuclear submarines? And has modernized his nuclear arsenal because of Ukraine? Because of Ukraine? No, it's because of us. Do you think communist China has done the same thing? Plus now has outposts in Western Africa, parts of the Middle East, in our own hemisphere on both ends of the Panama Canal because of Taiwan? Do you think they have advanced killer satellites that are capable of knocking out our GPS system and blinding our military because of Taiwan? And have these phony islands built in the South China Sea which would choke off maritime navigation between the United States and much of Southeast Asia? Because of Taiwan? You know, if I were a good little talk show host, I wouldn't talk this way. I'd get in line with all the others. I'd be a good little isolationist. Because I risk being called a neocon. Particularly because I'm Jewish. I'm no neocon. I am no neocon. I am no trigger-happy chicken hawk, as they say. No, I am not. I'm an old Reaganite. Who knows history? And what follows from isolationism? Just think as a matter of Reality, if you have these countries and these regimes that are on the hunt, that are on the move, what makes you think they won't threaten us one day? Is that what history tells us? Of course not. Of course not. Why are the Iranians building intercontinental ballistic missiles? Tel Aviv isn't 7,000 miles away from Tehran. We are. We are. Do you think our federal contractors, our military contractors, are a bunch of unpatriotic ex-generals and so forth that, that they want war so they can make more money? What's the evidence for this? There's no evidence for this. None. That I'm aware of. Do you think Joe Biden, who I detest, wants war? No, he's going to bungle and has bungled. The result could be war. I don't think he wants war. In fact, he's been a protectionist most of his career. He, he didn't want to take out Osama bin Laden. He was so worried. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. 
So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. Did you know John Kerry's still flying around the world? Anybody care? I don't really care. Do you, Mr. Producer? On climate change, when you consider the amount of, not just fuel he's using, but methane he leaves behind him, it's kind of grotesque, isn't it? Most of you who work for a living or even don't, Probably didn't tune into the Joe Biden press conference. Uh, there were a few things I thought that were noteworthy that I want to play for you and comment upon them. So here's Biden today. Uh, cut 15, go. I know some of my colleagues will get into some specific issues, but I wanted to zoom out on your first year in office. Inflation is up. Uh, your signature domestic legislation is stalled in Congress. In a few hours from now, the Senate, uh, an effort in the Senate to deal with voting rights and voting, uh, voting reform legislation is going to fail. COVID-19 is still taking the lives of 1,500 Americans every day. And the nation's divisions are just as raw as they were. But other than that, you're doing a hell of a job, Joe. Lunch bucket. You're doing a hell of a job there, pal. Go ahead. Did you overpromise to the American public what you could achieve in your first year in office? Did you overpromise? Are you just a dumb you know what? I mean, which one is it? It's one or the other. Go ahead. Course correct going forward. Why are you such an optimist? Look, I didn't overpromise. And what I have probably uh, outperformed what anybody thought would happen. Uh, what? Who is that? Who thought he outperformed? Other than Nancy Pelosi, who is. Really a mental case. Who? Even Joe Biden looks at me funny. Did you notice that? What's he going to say and do next? Go ahead. Is that uh, we're in a situation where uh, we have made enormous progress. You mentioned the number of deaths from COVID. Well, it was uh, three times that not long ago. It's coming down. Everything's changing. uh, uh, Hello. Hello. More people have died on your watch, pal. That's your test. And you're responsible for every one of them. That's your test. Go ahead. Look, um, I didn't overpromise, but I think if you take a look at what we've been able to do, uh, you'd have to acknowledge we made enormous progress. You have. Folks, you need to put this in the proper context. He's made enormous progress. He's made enormous progress. For illegal aliens, he's made enormous progress for the communist Chinese regime. He's made enormous progress for fascistic Putin. Enormous progress for the Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran. Enormous progress for the inbred in North Korea. The progress has been enormous. It's just us. The American people are getting the back of his hand. Go ahead. The things that I think is something that, uh, one thing I haven't been able to is get my the Republican things I friend. think are, not is. Just, just thought I'd point that out. Go ahead. To get in the game of making things better in this country. Get in the game and making things better for this guy. Is this the guy that spends half his presidency in Wilmington, Delaware, Mr. Producer? Quarter of his presidency. Who noticed? Who knew? Just get in the game and make things better for people, you know. That, that's what I'm all about. I mean, what do the Republicans propose? Well, let's see. Securing the border, supporting the military, supporting the police, throwing thugs in prison, 
throwing illegal aliens out when they come across the border? What else? Real quality education, substantive education, not Democrat Party and Marxist ideology like critical race theory or, ooh, we're all transitioning now. How about that? That's a good start. How about that? That's what we stand for, Joe. We also stand for getting rid of you, you jerk. Cut 16, go. I did not anticipate that there'd be such a stalwart effort to make sure that the most important thing was that President Biden didn't get anything done. Think about this. No, 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 no. You had bipartisan support from the likes of Mitch McConnell and his ilk. What did they spend? $1.9 trillion on infrastructure. Ooh. And by the way, have you driven around Washington, D.C. lately? It's all about infrastructure. Subways being finished, oh, overpasses, underpasses, side passes, all kinds of stuff being built left and right and right and left. Tons. And so the people in Northern Virginia, the people of Maryland around the Washington, D.C., they all owe you in America a lot of gratitude. You're building a ton of roads for us. It's one of the reasons I'm getting the hell out of here. Did I mention that? I did. Cut 17, go. You mentioned your Republican colleagues, but right now your top two legislative priorities, your social spending package and voting rights legislation are stalled. In other words, your Marxism and your destruction of our voting system, they're stalled. They're stalled. And I want you to think of something, folks. What if they had 55 in the Senate? I talked about this the other day. All this stuff would be flying through. It's frightening. Go ahead. After months of negotiation, you are only guaranteed control of Washington for one more year before the midterms. Do you need to be more realistic and scale down these priorities in order to get something passed? No, I'm lunch bucket Joe. I have the pulse of the people, even though I myself don't have a pulse. Go ahead. No, I don't think so. When you say more realistic, I think it's extremely realistic to say to people, because let me back up. You all really know the politics in this country and your networks and others. You spend a lot of time, which I'm glad you do, polling this data, determining where the, what the American people's attitudes are, et cetera. American people overwhelmingly agree with me on prescription drugs. They overwhelmingly agree with me on the cost of American education. people cannot stand you. They can't stand you. Prescription drugs? You've caused it. You've caused a situation where the American people are having difficulty putting food on the table. Where they have to spend a fortune for transportation, you idiot. Where we were energy independent, now we're energy dependent. The borders are wide open. Crime's going through the roof. You're living in your own world there, pal. The one between your ears. And it's, and it's a dark, hollow world. It's cold up there. Go ahead. They overwhelmingly agree with me on early education. They overwhelmingly go on the list on, on, on early childcare. education, right. That's right. Teach them CRT earlier and earlier. And ladies and gentlemen, when they say things like this, 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 this is how they're tested. Do you believe young children should be educated earlier? Well, of course I do. Even if it causes us to go into severe debt, even if they're going to learn uh, about uh, gender and how you can change your gender, even if they're going to learn critical race theory. No, come to think of it, I don't support that. Go ahead. And so we just have to make the case what we're for and what the other teams not Yeah, for. that's the problem. You know, the press on your side, propaganda's weak. No, no, they just have to make the case, you see, ladies and gentlemen, that inflation is good, massive debt is good, especially for your children and grandchildren. It's wonderful. Wide open borders where God knows who's coming in and God knows what other than killer drugs are coming in. Yeah, just make the case to the American people. What's the problem? Centralized programming decisions among bureaucrats who don't know you. Take over the health care system. That's right. That's what we got to make. A, we got to make a better case. Destroy our voting system so there's no voter ID. So any Tom, Dick and Harry can vote. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. Just make our case to the American people. Go ahead. 
You mentioned Republicans and reaching out to them. Some Republicans who may be open to major changes on voting rights, for instance, like Mitt Romney. He says he never even received a phone call from this White House. Thank God, Mitt Romney, the idiot. Uh, Yes, I, I am fully prepared to assist the Democrats, but you've offended me. You haven't called me. You haven't called me, Joe. I'm deeply hurt by this. Don't you understand? I'm the one Republican who voted to convict Trump on one of the charges. I'm an independent thinker. Didn't you see me on 60 Minutes or or CNN with uh, one of the reprobates? Didn't you see me, Joe? I'm really cool. I'm an independent thinker. And by the way, look at my hair, Joe. A little dabble, do you? I have the best hair in politics, Joe. I really do. All right, I'll be right back. Mark Levin. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. Do you think America is as awful as the Democrats say day in and day out? That our voting system, the greatest republic with the greatest voting system ever devised by man is the worst on the face of the earth. You think it's discriminatory? You think people who want to vote can't vote? Do you think this nation which is majority Caucasian, is systemically racist. The evidence for this? Do you think this nation is anything like the Democrats, the media, and the American Marxists describe it? Anything like it? Of course, Joe Biden yesterday, unhinged, yelling at the top of his lungs, going on and on about how America is Jim Crow 2, how people are prevented from voting, how there is systemic suppression going on, targeted particularly at minorities. Does anybody, other than the propagandists, does anybody in this country who actually lives here and works here, and raises their kids here, actually believe any of this? Call me a square, if you will. But I remember the days when our presidents would talk up the country. When they were proud of the country. When they would go overseas and not trash our country, but promote it. I remember the day when, when the old Soviet Union and Communist China and the rest of them were lectured about our voting system, how magnificent it was. Those days apparently are gone. Now you'll say, what about Trump criticizing what takes place? Well, this is the, the unbelievable hypocrisy and irony of the media, the Democrat Party, and so forth. They intentionally spent hundreds of millions of dollars on litigation. They went to their Democrat governors, their Democrat secretaries of state. They brought cases in front of their Democrat elected judges in the various states, including Supreme Court justices in Pennsylvania and so forth, in order to alter our electoral system to help Joe Biden and the Democrats. This, there is no dispute. They bragged about it. The lawsuits were filed. The decisions were made. Executive orders were issued by governors, by by secretaries of state. Regulations were instituted. There's no debate about this. And it's the one area, the meeting, the Democrats and the rest, the Michael Rounds who will not come on the program, the Mitt Romneys and the others will not discuss. Because it's all too obvious. It's all too obvious. And they are endlessly trashing this country. And if you dared to raise your voice or protest or even talk about what they're doing, you are said to be undermining the nation. 
Do we honestly believe that our police departments are filled with individuals of all races, of all backgrounds, of all politics, who go out of the way to look for minorities to murder? Do we honestly believe that day to day white people are out to get black people? No, this is absurd. Our borders are wide open and people are rushing into the country, not from Europe. From Africa, from Southeast Asia, from the Middle East. And obviously, Central and South America. Imagine leaving their countries, leaving their homes, leaving their culture to come into the United States. Well, what does that tell you? What does that tell you about their countries and culture? And what does it tell you about our country and culture? The superiority is determined by people themselves with their own feet. With their own feet, they make the decisions. Has Joe Biden said anything positive about this country in the last 12 months? Or even since he's been campaigning for president, has he ever said anything positive about this country? Has Nancy Pelosi, has Chuck Schumer, have the media? No. No. And this American Marxist movement is a wrecking ball. They're destroying our public schools. They're called public schools. They're run by the government. You and I, we pay for everything. The employees are destroying the school system, the teachers' unions, and so forth. The professors, the tenured professors, the laziest bunch of people I'll ever meet, the tenured professors, destroying the very institutions that, that pay them. Look at the members of Congress in the Democrat Party side. I've talked about this guy Raskin before. He's from Maryland. He represents a very, very liberal county called Montgomery County and some other areas. Now, Montgomery County is overwhelmingly white and Democrat and left. He has served on the impeachment committees. He serves on the January 6th committee. Why is he picked? His father co-founded an organization called the Institute for Policy Studies. The Institute for Policy Studies was founded as a rabid, anti-American, anti-Constitution organization. An organization that promoted North Korea. An organization that promoted, at the time, East Germany. An organization that promoted Cuba, Communist China, the old Soviet Union. That's what it did. It was a hate America, anti-America organization. The Institute for Policy Studies. And his father was one of the revolutionaries who founded it and promoted it. And of course he would become a tenured professor in the area too. Started out working on Capitol Hill for radical leftists like Kastenmeier out of Wisconsin. McGeorge Bundy for a while in the Kennedy administration, but after a while they didn't get along, so he broke off from him, formed his own group with others. You can Google all this. Now his son gets elected to the state senate in Maryland, and now his son is a congressman. His son is every bit as radical and rogue as his father. These aren't your typical quote-unquote, liberal Democrats. These are radical, burn-down-the-system Democrats. His father was close to the new left. Defended students for democratic action. Why is he on these committees? Because of his pedigree. Because of who he is. 
because that's what the Democrat Party has become. Even Joe Biden has figured that out. That's why he's lurched so far to the left. That is now his party. His party is akin to an extremely radical, extremist, left-wing, neo-Marxist European party. That's what the Democrat Party is today. They have 50 votes in the Senate. That's all. But Kamala Harris, under our Constitution, as the president of the Senate, being vice president, can break a tie. 50 votes in the Senate, so they should be able to change our voting system for all time. How you vote in your community, they should be able to change that to advantage the Democrat Party, their radical agenda, and grab power and centralize it in violation of the federal Constitution. I didn't hear Senator Mike Rounds talk about that. I haven't heard... Uh, Kingsinger talk about that, or Cheney talk about that, or the usual reprobates. Now, I want to dig into this a little bit further. You have Adam Schiff, who's not only on these impeachment committees, he leads the Intel Committee for impeachment, and then he's on the January 6th committee. A man who lies to the American people, a man who takes information and changes it, changes it during the course of an investigation in a public official hearing, that man shouldn't have a law degree. His license should be taken from him. He's a sleazeball. He's an ambulance chaser for the Democrat Party. He should be removed from Congress. But why is he promoted? Eric Swalwell slept with the enemy, literally. He slept with a communist Chinese hooker slash spy. What information did they get from him? Has there been a congressional investigation, an ethics investigation? What did Swalwell tell them? He sits on key committees. And yet it's interesting. He's a main agitator against Donald Trump and against the Republicans. Like he's doing the work of the communist Chinese. Benny Thompson of Mississippi was a radical a radical anti-cop activist for years anti-cop activist for years he's now chairman of this committee claims to be defending the security of the building and defending the Capitol Police and I could go further who's Nancy Pelosi Nancy Pelosi was a staffer to Phil Burton as red as they come in California, an extremist, a radical, who represented the area, San Francisco. His brother, the same thing. He headed the Democrat Party for a period of time. He took Pelosi under his wing, and as he moved up the ladder, he brought her up the ladder with him. And that's what she represents. It doesn't matter that her husband has taken advantage of every public position she's been in that they become worth several hundred millions of dollars. They've, they've actually produced not a damn thing, but have used politics to their advantage. Media have never really looked into her background or really looked into her big dummy husband's background, Paul. They don't ask for her tax returns or anything of the sort. No. As she pushes the country into the toilet with her friend George Soros who they don't do stories on either. You'd think they would. A multi-billionaire, a multi-billionaire with a seedy past and a seedy current, his influence on elections, some billionaires are okay, apparently. And some aren't. More when I return. Mark Levin. The Great One makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. You know, the American people, or at least tens of millions of Americans, have a good sixth sense about things. They really do. And there's a piece in the American Spectator by a dear friend of mine, Jeffrey Lord. We're both Pennsylvanians, born and bred. 
what he and I know, even though we're from different parts of the state, I'm from the Philadelphia area, he's from central Pennsylvania, is that there are corrupt counties politically in Pennsylvania, including Philadelphia and including other counties. And they've always been corrupt. They have a high number of elected judges that wind up going to jail or under investigation. Some of them are mobbed up. Mostly it's with the Democrat Party. Because the Democrat Party has controlled so much of these particular areas of the state. And so here comes 2020 and you're not allowed to raise anything. There is a very, very important lawsuit that's been brought in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. A huge county right outside of Philadelphia. With video. With audio. With eyewitnesses. That's not being covered by the press, is it? Except by me. And it's really quite appalling. The Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, majority of Democrats on that court, changed the election laws to benefit the more dense areas of the state and to benefit Biden and the Democrat Party. They didn't have the constitutional authority to do that any more than the Florida Supreme Court in 2000 had the constitutional authority to do what it did. But the U.S. Supreme Court under Rehnquist stepped in. The U.S. Supreme Court under Roberts would not. These are legitimate points, don't you think, ladies and gentlemen? So there was a candidate debate, both of Senate candidates in the Republican Party and gubernatorial candidates in the Republican Party. Both seats are open in this election in uh, Lawrence County, which is southwestern Pennsylvania, west of Pittsburgh, on the border with Ohio. And my buddy Jeffrey Lord was there. And uh, there were questions asked of the candidates. First thing is, uh, they had asked the party there that President Trump provide a couple-minute video, which he did, which apparently had a raucous response. Uh, But there were questions asked of the candidates. And one of the questions that was asked was, if they believe Biden is a legitimate winner of the 2020 elections, yes or no. Now, while people in my business don't want to talk about it, while people say, you know, the president, that is Trump, should move on, and to some extent, particularly if he takes on Biden or Biden's agenda and another candidate, he's going to have to move on to some extent because you can explain what took place, but you've got to hammer their record and hammer what you're going to do about it. That's what the people want to hear. That's what they want to know. But when that question was raised, they were told, answer yes or no only. And most of them gave long answers, apparently, and one, I don't know who it was, said no. And he got a raucous response, too. I tell you all this because you ought to go back to Molly Hemingway's book, Rigged. And she talks specifically about what took place in Pennsylvania. And I know a lot about what took place in Pennsylvania as my wife helped litigate one of the cases there. But there were two very essential cases. They were constitutional cases. And um, we talked about them on air here. And you have Zuckerberg, as she points out, who pumped millions into Pennsylvania. Millions to fund the Center for Technology and Civic Life, which was used to basically take over the public running of elections in Philadelphia and some of these other Democrat strongholds, and they used these, these grants. In fact, they were required under these grants by Zuckerberg to conduct themselves in such politically partisan, that is, pro-Democrat ways in the name of operating on behalf of these city and state election offices. Appalling, shocking what took place on a massive scale. There's no denying this. As I say, you can read her book, Rigged. Now, the media, big tech, and Democrats seized our elections, but Pennsylvania was ground zero, in my opinion. Whether it was, as Lord puts out, 
changing to expand mail-in balloting, the realization of the need for lawsuits, Democrats blocking Pennsylvania Republicans from viewing counting ballots, over $21 million pumped into Pennsylvania by far-left Zuckerberg to fund this organization. It's laundered the money into these other groups. Ballot harvesting, which is illegal in Pennsylvania. Accepting ballots that should have been rejected for failure to conform to the anti-fraud provisions of state election law. The Democrats' Supreme Court allowing improper votes to be counted. Double standard in following election law in one part of the state while denied to another part. But this senator from South Dakota, what is his name? Rounds. They found no evidence of fraud. In fact... This was a very fair election, he says. Very fair. Does he deny what's in Molly's book? Does he deny those two critically important constitutional challenges? I suspect he would, because he's a clown. Now, at some point, whether it's three months, six months, nine months from now, my advice to President Trump would be, yes, you can point out what happened. And you should, because it puts the Democrats on notice that you're not going to roll over. But people are going to vote for something that's affirmative. He's had tremendous policies as president, too. And he ought to talk about how he's going to change what these fools have done and make America great again. Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best, the best of Mark Levin. This may amaze some people. All medical knowledge does not reside in a couple of buildings in and around Washington, D.C. The NIH, the FDA, HHS, and so forth. All medical knowledge does not reside in one man, Anthony Fauci. We have many, many brilliant men and women working the front lines of medical science each and every day. In universities and colleges throughout America, in pharmaceutical companies and other companies throughout America. And yet you never hear from them unless you're watching the Fox News channel or you're listening to conservative talk radio. It's always Fauci all the time. And yet no matter how many times... People write the briefs showing how he has been wrong, how he has lied, how he's flip-flopped. It doesn't seem to matter. He's the man. It's like the old Soviet Union, Stalin, relying on ideology for food, for agriculture, for harvesting. What happens? People starve to death. Fauci hasn't actually practiced medicine in half a century. God knows how many of the people in the upper echelons of this infectious disease operation or the FDA or anywhere in the NIH have practiced medicine or worked in a lab. As I say, this is a big country with a lot of smart people. And yet here we have the FDA recklessly, based on one half-assed study, and these studies are as good as you put into them, just cuts Florida off. Now, again, politically, first Biden takes control of the, of the uh, antibodies, redistributes them to slash the amount that Florida gets, because Florida was the first and most aggressive to make them available. Based on the research and the studies and the knowledge of Florida's Surgeon General, Florida's experts, and the information that Florida has gleaned from around the country and around the world in terms of scientific studies and data and statistics. The people who use monoclonal antibodies are overwhelmingly the people who've already been vaccinated, the people who already listen to Fauci and Biden, already got boosters. 
What are we going to do? Get boosters for the rest of our lives? You get boosters for the rest of your lives. I'm going to become an anti-vaxxer because there's a point at which this stuff is extremely dangerous to your immune system. And how many, how many trials have been run with endless boosters from any of these vaccines? Answer, none. In that respect, you're all guinea pigs. Look what happened in Israel. They're on booster number two. After Pfizer, two shots, then a booster, now another booster. That's four shots. And they had a massive outbreak two weeks ago. And so DeSantis says, look, I want to deal with, and he said it on my program two Sundays ago, I want to deal with what happens once people get this. At which point, if they've been vaccinated, it didn't help them in that regard, that is from not getting it. And number two, if they weren't vaccinated, they too can use the monoclonal antibody treatments. Now, here's what DeSantis said today. I can't play it all, but part of it. Cut one, go. Early this morning, uh, thousands of Floridians woke up to news that their appointments to get treatment for COVID-19 infection uh, were canceled by the Biden administration, which revoked, outright revoked authorization for two very popular monoclonal antibody treatments that the state of Florida really pioneered over the summer and that we've worked hard to make available uh, to our residents uh, who needed treatment. Mind you, the number of the people that seek this treatment are overwhelmingly people that have been vaccinated, um, but yet they're still infected and many of them are high risk. Now they are relying on revoking this and pulling the rug out from under people on a single non-peer-reviewed, non-clinical study that was actually done by a consultant for a rival company to the other two monoclonal antibody treatments. This is not based on a clinical trial. This is not even peer-reviewed. And so this is something that they claim shouldn't be used because we have Omicron. And what we would say in Florida is we have had people use it and we've had good results. It's not 100%. We understand that. Uh, But you also don't even know when someone goes in whether it's Omicron or still the Delta. Yes, mostly in Florida it's going to be Omicron at this point. Uh, But it's really a reckless decision to be able to take this option away from patients. And it is reckless. It's disgusting. It's appalling. They're even taking, you know, over-the-counter drugs away. Hydroxy became controversial. And others became controversial that are often used, been used a billion times. It seems like this administration doesn't want to have available for your use therapeutics. Has it developed any? I know in my own case that this worked. It may not work in every case. They have no scientific study, no legitimate study to back up their assertion. None. None. So who at the FDA did this? The bureaucrats. Who are the bureaucrats? We don't know. Now this FDA, this infectious disease organization that this Fauci runs, NIH, they have been wrong. Their decisions have cost Americans their lives. The politicians that have followed what these people have told them and have dictated to their citizens. We know about the deaths that have occurred in this country as a result of that. We know that they're putting in place unconstitutional and illegal mandates that virtually every court that hears these cases rejects. And they still keep going on TV like they're the experts. Like they're the experts. So if you go and get vaccinated, and you still get it, then what? Then what? Florida had an answer. Imperfect, but very good. So here's Fauci on MSNBC today. 
There he is, swinging into action. How does this man have time to study anything? He doesn't. He's covering up his own fingerprints and DNA all over the Wuhan China lab. And don't tell me I can't call it the Wuhan China lab. We'll have Peter Schweitzer here in hour three. I'm not going to allow these, these individuals in politics and the culture who've been paid off by the communist Chinese or the organizations have to tell us what we can and cannot say. If they want to defend a genocidal regime, that's up to them. I'll be damned if I'm going to do that. So here's Fauci. Cut to go. Doctor, the FDA revoked the emergency use authorization for Regeneron and Eli Lilly COVID-19 antibody treatments, saying they're unlikely to work against Omicron. After the decision, Florida announced it's closing its monoclonal antibody sites. Talk to us about that decision. What about people who, who have COVID but, but not Omicron? Well, if you look in the United States, about 99% of the isolates are Omicron. So it would be extremely unusual for someone to still have a lingering Delta infection right now. So why now. are we wearing masks? Since Omicron is not deadly. It's not deadly. For the overwhelming majority of people, that is the vast majority of the population, you get flu-like symptoms. So a month ago when Omicron was breaking out, you had an Israeli scientist say, Look, that means we're getting over Delta and the underlying virus. We're coming out of this. And Omicron is doing it. How come they didn't embrace that, Israeli scientists? How come they never embrace the cutting-edge scientists and experts from around the world? When the South African experts said, this is not a killer. This is a variant that's actually going to help. And they still shut down borders, and they still demanded that everybody get vaccinated. Everybody get vaccinated. We, we got mandates. We got vaccine, vaccine cards. You have people with vaccine cards who vote but don't have to show their driver's license that they're voting legitimately. I mean, think about what they're doing to us, twisting our minds into pretzels here. Well, if the vast majority of cases are Omicron, why are you pushing the vaccines? Why are you pushing the masks? And of all people, little kids who are the least likely to get any of it. They don't even make any sense anymore. Not that they ever did. Go ahead. I think a month or two ago that was different. When Omicron was replacing Delta. But now if you look at the isolate... When Omicron was replacing Delta, you never said that. I said it here thanks to this guy in Israel. Who's looked at a hell of a lot more cases and patients and data than you have, Fauci. He's the one who first said that. Tiny little country. And we all have to listen to Fauci, for God's sakes. Go ahead. Country. Very, very high. I mean, literally close to 100 percent of the isolates now are Omicron. And that's the reason why the FDA made that decision, since these two monoclonal antibodies don't work against Omicron. How do you know? Where's your study? Like the governor of Florida said, this guy's sharp, DeSantis. He's not like Kemp in Georgia. This guy is smart. He studies the data at night, DeSantis. How do I know? Because I asked him. His people get all the information that they can. That's how he makes his decisions. He's not like Biden sitting there chewing on his gum and then wondering why his mouth hurts. Go ahead. Not be a good idea to administer to anyone because all you'll have is the risk of a potential adverse effect with essentially no benefit. And what's the great risk? There is none. There is none. These are antibodies. They're not chemical toxins. What's the great risk? There is none. So here we go again. 
Here we go again. We're going to follow Fauci right off the cliff. Is that it? Get vaccinated and wear the mask. Even though he just, did he not just say, America, that virtually 100% of the cases are Omicron? Didn't he say that, Rich? Is this vaccine created for Omicron, Rich? No. No, it's not. Makes no sense. None of this makes any sense whatsoever. <laughs> 